Hello and welcome to the Delos Bosa podcast, where we present art and conversation for the culturally curious. I'm Jessica Fillimore, co-founder and director of Delos Bosa Gallery in London. Throughout the course of her exhibition The Shape of Colour at Delos Bosa, we have invited the artist Misha Milovanovic to host a series of talks with Art World Insiders. In this episode, we hear Misha in conversation with Nadia Tiger, who is an art collector, curator and executive director of Snarkart, an NFT platform. Alongside her deep passion for fine art, Nadia is a blockchain expert and now has a special interest in crypto and digital art. Before we begin, remember to follow us at Delaspose by hitting the subscribe button. Without further ado, here is the show. Hi Nadia, good um, afternoon from London. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Misha. It's a pleasure uh, speaking with you. Um, our meetings are always exciting, and I'm happy and excited to visit your exhibition today and uh, speak about that. Oh, thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to have you here. We're friends and we work together. But I was very curious to know, what was your first uh, foray into world of art? How did you discover you have a passion for this discipline? Um, you know, it, we have to go back to my childhood because um, uh, I grew up in a very small, tiny town in the middle of Norway in Siberia, and there were no museums uh, except a uh, nature museum where um, in the uh, right corner was standing a huge bear. Uh, was scary, <laughs> but uh, there were no any paintings or works of art uh, except crafts. Yeah, but my stepmother, uh, whom I met first when I was nine, uh, she was very passionate about art, and she brought me as a present when she moved to our family um, uh, postcards of impressionists. Uh, Monet, Manet, Renoir, uh, Matisse, and uh, um, as well as a book of uh, Francisco Goya and some catalogs from Dresden Gallery. She traveled a lot, quite a lot that time. It was quite unusual for the Soviet Union mm. um, teachers. And... Um, uh, that was the best gift I ever had uh, since uh, since then because it's blown my mind away. Mm-hmm. I really literally slept uh, with those postcards under my pillow. And uh, the first thing I did in the morning when I woke up, I randomly picked up one postcard and I was staring at that postcard for hours, dreaming wow. to touch and see those paintings one day in real and uh, I was also curious kind of it was so, so self-education in a way that I was curious uh, what is the difference between Monet and Monet what the Renoir is and of course the colors of those postcards uh, were quite uh, challenging and not uh, not uh, doesn't make any reference to the real paintings mm-hmm. but my stepmother told me sort of first first um, lessons of art appreciation I got from her and um, later on it's by by um, 
uh, I don't know, it's just like the wise, the wisdom of life. Mm. Um, I found myself in Chicago, in Artists of Chicago, staying in front of Picasso, um, guitarist, um, that I was staring at the postcard when I was nine. So it's just everything is uh, in purpose. For everything, any meeting in our life um, means for something. And um, it, it's just that time I already worked with contemporary artists till those first, mm. uh, first touch and inspiration that I got from impressionist postcards, very simple postcards are still in my mind. So that's that the first touch uh, that brought me to professional art. How is life? art translating to your life in terms of um, everyday living? I think the most important quality that art teaches and personally influenced me is you never stop learning. Uh, when you work with artists, uh, that's actually um, so beneficial in terms of um, constant inspiration and challenges that artists bring into our life and I'm very much appreciated and feel lucky mm -hmm. to engage and to know many great uh, artists personally uh, being able to have with them conversation about their art or about life so it's in a way of you I, I constantly learn from artists as well. And um, in a way, I think how I assume art and how the, the, the most important aspect of art in, for my life is I like this um, philosophy of art and this um, interpretation part um, that, of course, uh, lead to the aesthetics uh, because um, knowing the deep meaning, the deep story, deep uh, conceptual poem that artists would like to underline or reveal from his experience is brings new layers of aesthetics and appreciation. Uh, uh, in this in this case, I think the in it, because professionally, of course, uh, I see a lot of many artworks every day mm -hmm. i have to select i can select i have to select um, artworks for our platform i speak with artists i talk to the galleries i go to the museums and we have many collaborations with artists so from professional point of view you i need to make quite fast choices and uh, to to understand uh, quite fast if it would work for our platform or it doesn't. And But of course, there are many other layers comes comes up. Uh, what is the story behind? How we can promote it? How we can bring it? And how uh, audience can in, engage with that? But when I go to museums just to see an exhibitions or enjoy art, of course, it's a little bit different story because I could stare at some painting for a long time, mm. uh, just thinking what it is. And you, but in both aspects, 
the intuition, as you mentioned, it's a sort of, oh, uh, it's it called in another way, you have a good eye or you have a, <laughs> a bad eye. You need to develop your, this, um, this um, eye. So, Mm-hmm. And in this, yeah, please continue. Oh, in this, in this case, in, intuition comes. Of course, you you start to feel that uh, this painting is balanced because it's balanced. It's the colors and uh, the the quality of art. You know, prefer, um, aesthetics we see in, in nature, and of course, we see aesthetics in our life and. It's uh, when it brings to a philosophical way as well levels. So it's um, it's kind of like come up this puzzle come up together, and um, you feel that that that's that's some uh, piece of art that you like. Um, does art have therapeutic uh, element for you? Does it? Does, do you feel like it transports you into a dimension that really? It's really almost difficult to, or somehow impossible to put into words. Absolutely, absolutely. I remember my experience uh, when I first time I seen um, Leonardo da Vinci um, Last Supper in the in that uh, monk chapel mm-hmm. in Milan. And uh, it's it's a, it's close to catharsis uh, when you really feel the magic of art, and you can even sort of like travel through time, and you could be in in another reality. Uh, of course, now we are working with digital art, and I work with digital art right now, but it's also real because you could kind of transfer. Uh, in spiritual and different dimension of your life where anything is possible, where you are not alone, where you can find some answers if um, you go through some hard, difficult time when you could uh, really connect some um, some some parts together. Um, I'm really interested in, I, I have so many questions and I really don't want to interrupt mm-hmm. as you are talking. The, um, this um, quiet notion of dimension that you mentioned, the kind of spiritual dimension and uh, the, the sort of visceral dimension. In your experience, um, what would be the... And you mentioned Leonardo, who's really my first love. I, I would have to say I saved so much, so hard to buy the four books of, of, of his drawings when I was about 10, 11 years old. It was in French. I didn't, I didn't even, they didn't even teach us French at school, but, you know, I, I, I didn't care. It was all about these beautiful drawings. Um, go back to my question. What would be the essential difference for you, the way you experience physical art to digital art? And are there any differences in your very experienced kind of um, work? Because, and I, I would love you to um, explain to our listeners who are, would probably mainly be of traditional way of coming to see the art in physical sense. Um, and so how would somebody such as yourself who's worked in both and now 
is almost solely working in the kind of digital realm. How would you convince somebody of the value of digital work? Because that's one of the perhaps most um, um, pronounced criticisms or, or, or uh, issues that people have with digital work, digital art. So maybe we'll go a little bit uh, to the production part. Let's say when um, I have been work- when I was working with Glass Stress, they we developed the project. So the artworks were physically developed in glass. They were made by maestros, and you are in a very physical environment, very realistic environment where they hit uh, strong arms of uh, the maestros a smell and um, everything happening fast and this glasses magical medium that actually adds something to the um, artistic concept Uh, what i would say that even in that physical process of creating physical sculpture uh, in glass there is a lot of magic and there is something um something untouched, something that goes beyond uh, the physical process of creation uh, that, as I mentioned, that this medium adds something to the sculpture. It's not created as uh, it was perfectly designed inch by inch, right? It's a little bit change of shape. It's might... uh, the color it's some some bubble could come up and something else so this um this way i think uh when we see that how physical sculpture is created it's just something that um in digital world you have to accept the the difference when you transition from physical to digital is there is something something that can't be experienced in physical art. Uh, you're, you're more in, in reality with your imagination in different feelings. Let me put it this way. What would be your elevator pitch for Leonardo da Vinci? You are in your house in Chicago. In you come into the elevator, the next floor is Leonardo, comes in and you only have say, a minute to convince him to start doing some digital work? What would you say to him? You know, I think you don't need even to tell more, uh, a lot to Leonardo da Vinci because he would jump immediately to experience blockchain technology because you can go deeper and you could go much uh, faster in uh, some artworks that he has been developing. He he developed. Um, he was working on. So I would I would just say what I usually say to every artist that uh, there is a like the blockchain technology could elevate and could help to. Um, to go deeper into the concept and show the aspects of the physical practice and artwork that were invisible in physical uh, in physical space or in physical um, artwork, there is something that can be can be revealed to the viewer um, that they never experienced before. 
So I think that's uh, that's fascinating and interesting. But of course, um, to experience physical art and digital, I don't think that digital will replace physical experience mm. because in physical is still a touch, a smell, uh, the setup and uh, the colors or shades or something like uh, um, that. You see how old it is, or new or different. You, you, you move around. Not the painting or sculpture moves for you. So you um, just—it's two different experiences that will exist in a in our lives. So they did not replace each other. Um, That's just. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, Nadia. Um, I wanted to just for the listeners. I wanted to say that you were, you were the one who introduced me to crypto art, who actually opened that world for me and started to educate me. Um, and um, for me, um, I will forever be grateful for that opportunity and really for that education. And um, I was so excited uh, to experience those very, very first months uh, before everything blew up. So uh, all of a sudden with a people sale, which in, in itself, it was almost like the puberty, the birth and the puberty happened within a week for a baby. So um, just for the listeners, uh, Nadja and Snark platform organized this really cool exhibition with traditional artists called uh, Bridge the Metaverse uh, to really kind of symbolically instigate traditional art move into the crypto uh, or digital realm uh, with the exhibition at CryptoVoxel. And it was all very, uh, very, really, Intrigue, intrigue, intriguingly done in the way that uh, it was a live event and uh, a lot of uh, conversations and different platforms where people were gathering and, and uh, asking questions. Um, I was paired up with uh, Giselle X, uh, crypto digital artist, and it, it was it was just a, a great education, a great event, very very cutting edge. And uh, here we are. We've done a project together. We have solved some work together, and hopefully, we'll continue to develop that. I would love to ask you um, on the, the exhibition that I have in uh, London at the moment at the Las Posa Gallery, and uh, would love your opinion, your experiences of the. the two parts of the show, which is one digital, one real life. Misha, you, I, first of all, I very much appreciate your bravery and being so open-minded when I first introduced you to crypto and you said, yeah, let's, let's try, let's do that. Uh, we, we feel blessed uh, that many artists join us in, in September, just like before when the crypto art and NFT were so popular and um, all over uh, the media. And uh, of course, um, we, uh, what, everything what we do in Snark, I, I love everything about Snark, uh, that art first, uh, because it's experimental part and... Um, our um, development part and that we really look and initially decided to focus on traditional artists Mm -hmm. and uh, introduce them to the crypto art market. Uh, That's pretty challenging, but interesting. And what what I also see and um, very um, happy to see that 
you um, expand your practice with us uh, on digital sculptures and digital drawings. Um, and uh, this, uh, this is very exciting to see that it somehow also benefits your whole story and move through, through art, that you are in a cutting age um, technology now that you could experience and bring new forms of art that um, uh, really, I, I love, you know, that I love your artworks. And uh, since we met first time, I visited your studio in London uh, in I think it was uh, almost um, maybe 10 years ago. Yes. Um, and I got uh, this beautiful print uh, with a nail. I love it very much. It's in my apartment. Um, and when I see that how you move, uh, how you move um, in this dire direction, merging two realities online and offline, that's really interesting. Um, I like, first of all, that there is a, such a beautiful space, uh, De La Sposa, mm -hmm. that welcomed your sculptures. Uh, and your sculptures, for me, um, because I know that initially the physical sculpture they made out of steel and um, in different colors, your exhibition called The Shape of uh, Color. And... Um, it's kind of also a merge and marriage between male material, the steel, and very feminine um, shape and idea. So um, I very like this elegance of your sculptures that refers to me to Picasso in a way, and sometimes I even think that it's um, it's uh, there are Brancusi elements of this elegance of uh, the idea that it can float a little bit even uh, from the space. Um, I um, I think the color that you add um, um, on those sculptures really shows how color could change the and influence the shape as well that it's another element that um, mm. highlight uh, the character mm. uh, of the sculpture as well. So I like, I like it and I enjoy, I, I enjoy to walk through uh, your online exhibition and um, I hope I could experience it physically as well, <laughs> but I'm in Chicago and you're in London. We will soon, uh, if everything goes according to the plan, and we can slowly, slowly return back to um, our formative, um, you know, travels. Maybe not to such extent, because I, to be honest with you, I don't really miss uh, that, uh, you know, tempo that we that we all used to have. Did you find that during the pandemic you actually got a little bit of time to rest, or was it just all crazy work because you guys are setting up? Snark, and I also wanna wanna hear a little bit what your next uh, couple of years are, um, you know, mapped up. What, what what are your kind of 
things that you're looking forward to achieving in um, in the next you know few months to a couple of years. Uh, so yeah, first question part of the question was, did you have any rest during the pandemic at all? You know, I enjoyed that time, the time of pandemic, uh, because I'm extroverted, introvert, and after so much traveling around the globe and hectic works in different countries, mm. I could really sat at my comfy apartment with uh, my dog and also being like focused on the platform development. Mm. But it was very productive time for Spark because we did a lot of experiments. We tried to bring this um, crypto art and new artists in crypto art uh, on our platform and it was challenging time in terms of uh, financial situation because uh, we are a startup that will looking for some investment but of course pandemic was not the right time to go through um, through the through to involve some investment but we uh, our all effort was paid well because uh, we just recently raised um, our uh, 1.5 million uh, seed round. Uh, we are very happy that it allows us to do next step of development of our platform. We have good, I believe that we have very strong vision um, and strategic plan how this platform, how snark.org, should be developed in terms to benefit um, the artists, traditional artists and collectors, and as well to give new opportunities to galleries and curators that initially on the crypto art market were a little bit cut off because uh, the idea was no middleman. Mm-hmm. But we believe that the expertise and knowledge um, is always something that should be um should stay next to the art next to art and art artists that it's also very helpful for collectors to grow uh for artists to un- uh, highlight their artwork mm-hmm. so we are uh, we have uh, quite interesting uh, stage of development i hope we can um release some news pretty soon. Uh, for now, we are working on um, inviting uh, more artists. Uh, we are very kind of uh, very well created platform. Uh, we are not for every artist, I would say for every cr- creator, but we are expanding as well a little bit of um, our disciplines, different disciplines, onboarding some photographers and also illustrators and um, uh, some some other good uh, good artists and of course conceptual artists and mm-hmm. um, historical uh, some historical artworks as well that will be um, pretty soon also on our platform as well as um, we are still working on our production that was a core of snark.art when 
um, it was created in 2018, mm-hmm. is we have we have started with uh, very complicated, sophisticated projects based on blockchain. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's quite innovative, and still uh, we uh, bring um, kind of also we elevate crypto art and NFTs on another level because of um, our production practice with artists. It's uh, not just simple, uh, regular NFTs, but some project that could give a new meaning and appreciation of blockchain technology for, for the artists and the audience. Fabulous. Um, Nadja, um, I know that you have things to do and must run off. I'm going to go back into my studio and do some cutting. So um, I wanted to thank you for being guest of our podcast, for catching up and just seeing your beautiful, friendly, warm, kind-hearted um, persona today. Uh, just before we say goodbye to each other, um, if you could take three artworks from anywhere in this world back to your house, what would they be? Hmm. Interesting question. I would definitely take some of Monet because it has a historical value for me and for my story. Mm-hmm. I, would take, I would take Hans Obdebeek. I like his artworks very much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and uh, I have already your work on my wall. <laughs> I already have it. Um, so, and I would take um, also that's so many, so many good artists. It's difficult to choose. And I would say, I, oh, of course, I, I have, I have um, Iliana Emilia Kabakov artwork already. So, and I have some artwork by Kunlan Mehlen. So I would say maybe I would take, and I have Tony Craig sculpture um, already. So I would say maybe I would take, hmm. Would you take Malibu? Yeah, maybe Matisse. Oh, Matisse, uh, okay. No Russians, no Malibich, no, um, no, no, none of the kind of um, early 20th century at all, no. Malevich would be also great. I love his and Kandinsky as well. That I would definitely take Kandinsky. I would definitely take. I see, I see. Of course, you definitely take Kandinsky because you are influenced by Kandinsky as well. I love, I love Kandinsky and I love music, and that's obviously kind of some of mm-hmm. the influences. But you know that kind of rhythmic notion of the universe and the, the vibrations of things and uh, when I was in Moscow last time and I went to a state museum um, there were all these really cute babushkas who were tough as nails because you were not allowed to take any photographs but there were so many amazing Kandinsky's who that have never left Russia and have not seen the world in the press because you know um they just been guarded in the museum by um you know by the state that um understands its culture really um so yeah there were there were rooms and rooms of kandinsky's there uh, out of this world i think for me maybe even pete mondrian i would really mm-hmm. 
to have a even like a tiny little small one. Okay, so the last. But question. for now, for now, also we have to we have to think what we can put in our crypto wallet. Uh, yeah. Okay. So okay, give me three. <laughs> uh, give me three uh, in the crypto wallet. Wallets, please. But you know, uh, for crypto art, I would say, of course, I would like to have a historical piece, um, crypto punks, because it's it's the first project. Then in crypto, then I would say I would take um, an artwork uh, by I have artwork of Yves Sussman. Um, I I love work of Tommy Hartung that we have. Uh, on our platform, then I would maybe take also um, pretty much we are releasing an artwork of uh, Wu Jianan, the Chinese artist okay. who represented China. And, um, and uh, you know, we have a couple new artists, like a couple artists that I couldn't say names. We are working with now for okay. developing the projects. They are famous artists, but I don't think I can reveal their name right now. Okay. But I love the artworks, and we, we have many. We have many good artists on our platform that um, would be amazing to have in in crypto wallet in in NFT. So for me, okay, I would take. Uh, which I already have, Jose uh, Nazabel's Nazabel, yeah. Um, who I have two pieces by, and I, I got them from you guys, and I absolutely am such a huge fan of his work. I would also love to have people just to piss everybody off. I would love to have one, <laughs> and not for any um, crazy commercial reasons, but also like his skill set is phenomenal, and I really appreciate uh, some of his work. Like agree. the detail and the mastery. And when people talk to me about, like, they don't understand, um, you know, what's so amazing about people, people's skill set as, um, as an artist in the CGI world is very, uh, very, very like, you know, he's a master. Um, so he deserves uh, all that he's getting because he's worked so tirelessly and believed uh, or not believed in himself, whatever the, the bloody hell is going on there. And then there's this um, fantastic Nigerian artist that I've discovered um, quite a few months ago, uh, who is now with Supera. I am also following him on Instagram. He's he's my friend. And I think his name is like um, Akashi or something. He's got like a Japanese name. I mm-hmm. really love, love his work. It's very illustrative and they're kind of like zebras and it's very LGBT um, um, subject wise, uh, very bright, really, really happy. But Stunning, stunning stuff. So yeah, these are my three NFT. Uh, you know, I I like also um, sa- um, I like also Claudia Hart artworks. She's a digital artist. Yes, and yes. Um, but it's also there is a lot of reference to the modern artists like Picasso and Matisse and her artworks. You can see my nostalgic sort of nature <laughs> that I I like it. And um, uh, the another great artist. Oh, there are many great artists. That I collect Zebran Vistri Vistik and um, K 
candle gears as well. Candle gears, I appreciate very much his vision and his strong concept that he has, his artworks. Mm, oh my God, you know, you, you mentioned, and we have great artists like photographers, for, for example, like young uh, uh, photographer Alejandro Gonzalez from mm -hmm. Cuba. Mm -hmm. His works are amazing, like so conceptual and uh, very interesting uh, what he does with photography. Awesome. Um, Nadia, yeah, thank, thank you just on behalf of um, me and also our listeners in Dallas Post Gallery. Thank you so much for being a guest. Thank you, Misha. Thank you for joining us today. We hope that you enjoyed the show. For more information on Misha's solo exhibition, The Shape of Colour, at Delasposa Gallery in London, visit delasposa.com. Links and information are available in the description of this podcast. Until next time, we hope that you find joy and inspiration wherever art may be.